trigger warning, this episode contains talks of mental illness and suicidal ideation. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Repros for Iowa. This is episode 10. Uh, my name is Micah Doolin. My pronouns are they, them, she. Um, I'm going to be airing an episode I did with um, Rue. She is going to be telling us about her abortion story, and we just had a lovely chat um, about her experience with Planned Parenthood, um, and, uh, amongst a bunch of different other things. Um, but before we get to the episode, um, I just want to say that I hope everybody had a good uh, Christmas or holiday or whatever you celebrate. Um, it's two days before the new year. I hope everybody celebrates wisely <laughs> and I hope everybody made it through this year safely. Um, we did it. We made it through. We're still alive. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this today. Um, I, I'm not doing great, guys. Um, I'm doing awful. Um, I'm sorry, Rue. Um, uh, your story is super important. Um, and I'm really excited to air your interview, um, because it's, your interview is super important. Um, and I wanted to have a really wonderful intro for your episode because you are a lovely person, but um, today I am just not feeling great. Um, it's been a really hard last couple of days. Um, I have gone, been going through something and it's really hard to describe what I've been going through. Um, my whole body hurts, my heart hurts. I have been going through crying spells and feelings of guilt and shame and feelings that I want to run away or hurt myself and it's really hard to, to act happy right now. It's really hard to pretend that everything is okay um, when it's not. I, I feel awful. I, I feel like a piece of crap. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to make a trigger warning for this episode. Um, yeah, I really wanted this intro to be light and, and happy, but, um, you know, I, I can't. I have to be honest because that's what I said I was gonna do when I started this podcast. I said that I was going to be honest with you guys about my mental health. Um, I said I was I was gonna let you know how I was doing, and the truth is is that for the last four days I have been doing so bad, and I I don't know what's going on with me. Um, it's it's been a lot. Um, all I want to do is lay in my bed. And all I want to do is cry. Um, I'm supposed to go visit my mom and my sister um, over New Year's. They live down in 
My mom lives in Lee Summit, Missouri, and my sister lives in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm supposed to drive down there with Tyler. And I just, I don't know if I have the strength. I, I, I don't know if I have the strength to do anything right now. Um, I just, I, I don't know if I have the strength to live right now. Um, it's really hard. I, uh, I feel, I've been feeling like a monster lately. Um, I've been feeling, I don't know. It's, there's, it's hard to put words to. I keep saying that, but it's really hard to put words to. Um, there's been a lot of people that have reached out lately. Um, I was such a mess on Monday of this week that Tyler had to drive me home from work. Um, but there's, there's been some people that have been reaching out to me and, um, I didn't realize how, how supported I was. So thank you to those people that have been reached, had that have been reaching out. Um, it means a lot to me, um, because I have been feeling so awful lately. I, you know, I, I have this idea of myself in my head where I feel like a villain all the time and, um, I know that's not true, but um, when people reach out, it just it makes me feel less alone. But at the same time, I feel so alone. And um, yeah, I uh, so thank you to those people that are doing that. Um, I uh, I'm gonna be starting with a new therapist um, next week. Um, she specializes in trauma and borderline personality disorder borderline personality disorder and um, um, dialectical behavioral therapy um, so hopefully that'll help um, and hopefully I can work with my psychiatrist to see if there's anything else we can do to get me out of this funk but um, I think it's just one of those things where I'm gonna have to write it out um, I've you know, I don't have any thoughts of relapsing or drinking. That's gone. It's just, it's feelings of, oh yeah, overwhelming sadness. And it feels like I just, yeah, I just want to cry all the time. I just feel lost and I don't feel right. Um, and it's okay. I know it's okay to feel like that. And I'm sorry for being such a downer today, but that's how I've been the last four days. And, um, yeah, that, that's it. Um, you know, I'm, it's, yeah, I don't know. I hope, I hope I make it through. I, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't even know if it's, if I need to go in to seek professional help, if I need to go stay in a psych ward for a couple of days. I don't, I don't feel like super suicidal. It's more like I just want to run away. Like I want to pack up my stuff and just like head for the hills. Like if that makes any sense. I just like want to change my name and like just move to a different state. 
um, and not even a different state, just somewhere else. I don't know. I just want to become a different person. I just, I, I don't know. Um, I've just been trying to, I don't know. I just look around and just, I see everybody being so happy and normal. And then I just like look at my life and I realize like what a mess I've made. And then I see how much damage I've done. And then it's just like, how am I ever supposed to fix this mess I've created? And I know that I'm working on it. And I know that I've, you know, for the last six months I've been sober and I've been doing my best. But um, I just don't know if it's enough. You know, I don't know if it's enough. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Maybe I should delete this. Maybe it's too personal. I don't know. Um... I'm sorry, Rue. <laughs> I am... It's just... It's one of those weeks. I'm really excited to air your interview. So, yeah. <clears throat> I'm excited to start with this new therapist. I'm excited to to try and make some change. Um, yeah, let's get to the interview. So this interview I did with Rue, she gets to talk about her abortion story. And I love talking with people about their stories <clears throat> because it's so personal. And I love when people are open and honest about what they've gone through. I think it it forms connections, and I think it really does mean a lot. Um, and I was able to connect with her because I've also had an abortion, um, and it really did mean the world to me. Um, I hope that we can someday do some activism work together. Um, yeah, it's just a really good interview. Um, I am I am sorry for this intro today. Um, it is not my finest moment. But um, I've said what needs to be said, I think. Um, so let's get to the interview. I hope that um, if anybody else is feeling the, the way that I'm feeling today, that um, you are able to reach out and get the help you need. Um, there are, I'm going to put a, a crisis line um, in the, the show notes. Um, and then I'm probably not the best person to reach out to at the moment. Um, but I'm going to put the suicide prevention line in the, in the show notes as well as the Foundation 2 crisis line. Um, and just know that you're not alone. There are a lot of people that struggle. Um, um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a good weekend and have a good, good New Year's. Uh, we made it through another year.
Sal, um, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I think it's awesome that you're wanting to get involved. Um, so yeah, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and state your pronouns, um, uh, whatever you're comfortable sharing about who you are and what you do? So I am Rue Monroe, 28, almost 29, and I'm from the Iowa side of the Quad Cities, Davenport specifically. I currently became a mortuary receptionist. It's been real fun. I was a part-time librarian and I'm an author and of course a reproductive rights advocate. Awesome. Um, so quick question, I guess, what do you like to write? I started out with fantasy, like high fantasy and uh, transitioned into nonfiction and memoirs. And I think it was a lot to do with the state of the world and some of the things that have been going on, so. Awesome, that sounds really, really cool. I'll have to um, get connected with you that way. I would, I would love to read some stuff. Um, so uh, the reason why you're here is because you had a story to tell. Do you wanna go ahead and share that now? It feels like when you start talking about abortion, it would be a big moment that's ingrained in your brain, but I always have to go back and go, it was May of 2019. Right, yeah. <laughs> that I right. found out I was pregnant and I'd only been in a relationship with my partner, who I'm still with, thankfully, for a short time. We um, had discussed beforehand that we didn't want kids and we're still child-free. So when I got the result, I went back to him and I said do you still not want kids and he said no but it's your decision and I said I still don't want kids so let's go yeah. um, <laughs> straight to Iowa City we used to have a Planned Parenthood here in Davenport but um, I didn't know that until I went to Iowa City and they told me so I was fortunate enough to be able to have a partner to support me and the travel wasn't too difficult. It was about an hour away. I was able to get time off work and I had a little bit of money that I had in savings that if I needed to pay for it, I'd be able to. So Planned Parenthood was amazing and their staff took me back by myself and I was scared at the time. So I wanted my partner to be there and they explained to me they had to make sure that it was my decision. I was in a safe space and I thought that was real intuitive of them to think that you know anybody could be in that position where they might be coerced or not safe and so they gave me an ultrasound but they didn't make me view the image I chose to and I think that helped in my decision to look there was not much to see because it was less than eight weeks I couldn't tell you exactly what it was but it was pretty early and I had the medication abortion so I took the one pill at the clinic, and then another one about 12 hours later, had the worst night of my life, <laughs> um, just in terms of discomfort and pain and those sorts of things. But I came out on the other side, went back to Planned Parenthood, they made sure everything was okay. I had the next one on imp implant, excuse me, inserted, and I've been good for the last three years, no scares, no, you know. Yeah, the... Um... Yeah, um, so I had my uh, one of my abortions earlier this year. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that they are very accommodating, uh, making sure that you're like not being pressured into anything. Um, that's awesome that they treated you that way um, because those situations do happen and you, you are pretty lucky that you were able to access that um, because it's so often that uh, people can't access those things like 
you know, um, I remember I had to have an abortion. I've had multiple abortions. I didn't know if you know this or not, um, but I've had three actually. Um, one of them I had, I didn't have a car. So I actually had to have a ride to Emma Goldman. Uh, uh, luckily I only lived in Cedar Rapids, um, but that they, yeah, they're shutting down Planned Parenthoods and clinics everywhere. Yeah, um, it's yeah. pretty scary. Um, so, um, hmm, I'm trying to think, um, are there any ways that you wish, um, or are there any things that you wish people would know who are, who need to, sorry, that is the worst way to frame that question. Um, what would you, if say somebody was seeking abortion, what would you want somebody to know? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot that <laughs> I feel fortunate I knew beforehand. If I had had in that moment tried to find somewhere, I probably would have ended up at um, a fake clinic, for lack of a better word, because they're local and they're closer. Um, I'd also tell people to talk to somebody you trust because a lot more people have had abortions than I think we realized. And two of my friends I went to college with became very open about their own experiences after I had mine and I had no idea because it's not my right to know but it was just interesting that we live in a society that's so stigmatic that they never thought to talk about it and I don't know if I'm on because I both enjoy talking about it and find empowerment in talking about it but I'm just gonna keep yapping For sure. No, it is super empowering to talk about it. It's one of those things where people are just like, oh, hush, hush about it. Where it's really, it's just, it's healthcare. Like we're making the decision to, to make our lives better. Um, so thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Um, so you're involved in Planned Parenthood. What made you want to become involved with them? Well, it was definitely the experience I had. I love telling everyone how amazing they were. Um, I wish I had experiences with smaller um, clinics as well. We just don't have very many here in Iowa. So Planned Parenthood was my first and foremost option to find somewhere to tell my story because that was really weighing on my heart to tell it. And as well as be a voice for somebody who is probably not ready yet to tell their own story. And especially with the political climate the way it is, more people who are able to tell their stories should do so. For sure. Um, are those kind of some of the reasons why getting involved is so important to you just because you wanna like raise your, your voice for those people that might be afraid? Definitely, especially um, one of the people I went to college with was in a bad relationship and did it without telling the person that they were with, still are with. Um, and so I don't think they'll ever say how it saved them or at least save what would have potentially been a worse situation. And people who villainize abortions really don't consider all of the aspects that go into deciding to end a pregnancy. For sure. Um... So you told me when we were um, corresponding through email that you had some qualms with the anti-choice clinics near you. Um, what are the anti-choice clinics near you, like the crisis pregnancy centers? 
Um, can you tell us what those clinics are and why they're so detrimental to the health of pregnant people who no longer want to be pregnant? Um, yeah, can you, yeah, can you speak to that? Um, tell us like why they're so, so bad and what's wrong with them? <laughs> I would love to. We'll start with everything's wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And the biggest one I've come across is in a previous Planned Parenthood location. So that just grinds my gears to start with. Oh but my gosh. Oh, they relocated to, the... oh, to a closed Planned Parenthood. Oh mm -hmm. my. Okay. So just really putting that dagger in the backs of women who would like help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're called the Women's Choice Center. Okay. Which is fascinating. It's really yeah. no choice within the building. They have quote unquote, pregnancy counseling, support and resources, free classes on nutrition, financial literacy and self-respect, which just has this tone of white privileged elitism that drives me insane. Um, and at the very bottom of all their pages, it says we do not offer, recommend or refer to abortions, abort factants, but are committed to offering accurate information about risks and procedure. So these crisis clinics are out here masquerading as choice centers when really they're creating an environment where a pregnant person goes in expecting to have options and they're fed all of these falsehoods and then potentially delayed to the point where they legally can no longer have an abortion. And then they go back to the choice center and the choice center says, well, we have diapers and classes. It's fine. You can have this kid. And the person's response is, I didn't want to. I just wanted to be out of the situation. And now I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating for sure. Um, what are, what are some ways do you think that you could, that we could probably raise awareness about these pregnancy crisis centers, do you think? Um, because oftentimes they are labeled like informed choices. Like that's literally the one, there's one here in Iowa City, I think called informed churches or churches, inform, <laughs> informed, I can't even speak, informed choices um yeah they're disguised as like these places that are for like empowering people but um what do you think is the best way to raise awareness and to kind of like combat that does that make sense it makes sense it's a very good question and i wish i had a proper answer besides standing outside of them and screaming yeah that's usually my go-to yeah. Um, a family member of mine started working at this one. And so we're no longer talking um, just because they're religious. So I thought informed churches was a very apt slip. <laughs> um, they're anti-vax, which they don't tell their patients. Sorry, I used air quotes in an audio. That was great. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure what the answer is other than word of mouth and social media of actual resources that, you know, a Planned Parenthood or a small 
healthcare clinic that doesn't have religious undertones or other motivations will be honest with you. They'll tell you, we can give you an abortion. We can also provide you with, I think, prenatal care from the one in Iowa City for a little bit at least. And they have birth control and they don't do vasectomies in Iowa City, but some of them do in Illinois. So they have lots of options to help. And I feel that these um, fake clinics are just using a most vulnerable time in someone's life to bamboozle them. And it's really infuriating. Yeah, it really is. Um, so you stand out. Is this what you do? Do you go outside and protest? <laughs> Not yet. Not. Um, the anger isn't all the way there. It's mainly, you know, been focused on calling the governor and senators and trying to combat the the bigger picture it feels like one clinic in one town has less of an effect than the whole but of course that's not true the one clinic in the one town does a lot of damage that um people should be made aware of but I feel like that's a good good lane to go down maybe explore how to combat that because I always want to do something larger and that's probably missing the point for sure um, so why are reproductive rights important to you? Reproductive rights are personal to me, being a person who has a uterus, who has been pregnant, who can reproduce. And I think it's more passionate than I want to believe in regards to the male sex as well. They don't really consider their options either. A lot of um, the men I've spoken with, they don't consider vasectomies, even though they are reversible. They don't, you know, take contraceptive too strictly. And it's putting the burden on uterus having people to protect themselves. And if it's not more of an equal sharing situation, why are you in a relationship with somebody that I would argue you probably don't respect enough. For sure. Um, that definitely is something that we need to start advocating for is that it does need to be placed on um, our male counterparts. Is that the right term? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, if we're in a relationship, it should be equal. It should be shared. Um, more often than not, I you know, they have that male birth control and they're like, well, the side effects were so bad, but I'm just like, well, the side effects of all birth control are bad. Like that's an annoying. Um, you can't start messing with hormones in any person and expect yeah. it not to be a little wonky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. No matter what gender you are. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, ended up because I didn't have access to birth control. I mean, I took the pill, but it, that's how I, why I had so three, three abortions is because I kept forgetting to take the pill. Um, so I didn't really have yeah, access. Yeah. It's just like, I forget, I'm sorry, but, um, I'm not ashamed. Um, but I have an IUD now and even that is just kind of like, Ooh, I can feel it some days. Um, but I love the IUD. I wish that they were just free for everybody because I think it's a, it's an amazing like little tool that you can use. Um, 
what do you think of of all this stuff that's going on in Texas and Mississippi and what do you think about those things? So I think as most reproductive rights advocates would say that it's beyond taking away rights, it's dehumanizing people who can have, who can get pregnant and have abortions. It's creating this society where and actually, I was um, watching this TikTok. The girl's name is Zerlina Merlina. And I shouldn't have said that. The person, I did not check their pronouns, um, was saying that first it's rolling back Roe v. Wade. Then we're rolling back Griswold v. Connecticut. And that didn't occur to me that a conservative Republican-led agenda would strip abortion would strip birth control would take away gay and interracial marriages until we're left with whatever their idea of society should be <laughs> as if I wasn't anxious enough about losing Roe v. Wade I went out oh, that video did not help but it was very eye-opening to think the Texas legislation the Mississippi legislation is opening the doors for specifically being in Iowa um, the constitutional amendment they've been pushing to leave us with nothing and make us, you know, their workforce that is consistently in poverty and has no way to get out of it because we're just having kids and can't buy houses and working 80, 90 hours a week and can't protest. So it was a dark day. <laughs> yeah. Is that, um, what is Connecticut, Gris, Griswold, you said, versus Connecticut? Um, what is that? So Griswold v. Connecticut was in 1965, and I looked it up specifically saying that it ruled the Constitution of the United States protects liberty of married, married couples to buy and use contraception without government restrictions. Okay, and that's, I didn't know that. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, is that something that people are concerned about is I know that there's been talk that they'll be going after IUDs because IUDs are, and I'm doing air quotes <laughs> for those listening, um, that it's infanticide, but, and I know that there's talks about them probably going after that next. Um, do you think that they would go so far as to take away things like other forms of birth control, I guess? I definitely do. There are those people who believe that any form of birth control is interfering with their God's plan or is, you know, killing a potential human being. And though the thought of it is ridiculous to me, if they're really ensconced in those beliefs, I could understand why they feel that way. I will never understand why they feel they can force it on the people who don't believe that. Well, um, what do you think are some ways, and I asked this question to everybody, what are some ways that you think listeners can do to get in the fight for reproductive freedom? as I am still figuring that out myself, uh, have conversations with your fellow advocates, with your friends and trusted people in your lives, because just on this podcast, I figured out, you know what, I should probably do more about this thing that infuriates me locally. And it's good to write the letters and attend the rallies and the protests in the bigger places. But I mean, have a protest in your small town, make it aware especially in rural Iowa, that it's not just the conservative Republicans living there. Like, 
when I was the part-time librarian, it was a small town and I felt I could never say what I felt when people would come in asking about, well, did you hear about critical race theory or do you know anything about, um, oh, it was something else around the same, Black Lives Matter. And being in a professional capacity, I could never say, yeah, I do know. And those are important things that you need to stop belittling. But um, on my off hours, I really probably should have done more to make that a point. For sure. If you ever need somebody to go protest outside of that clinic, you know who to call. <laughs> For real, <laughs> I'll show up. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you would want listeners to know? My takeaways, as I put it, is that everyone has loved someone who's had an abortion and if that loved one doesn't mean more to you than your personal beliefs that came from who knows where probably somebody's bottom side um i don't think you deserve that person in your life that um abortion is healthcare, and we're never not gonna not need abortion even if we figure out how to do sex ed better and we figure out how to get free birth control and make um tubal ligation and hysterectomy is not dependent on a partner or specifically a man. There will still be times when somebody needs an abortion because nothing's infallible and everyone makes mistakes. So I think those are the most important things that I try to tell people when I talk to them about my abortion and about Planned Parenthood and the state of our rights, our reproductive rights as it stands today. Awesome. Um, one last question. What do you think of the news that they're now doing birth control or not birth control, um, abortion pills by mail? <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> yes, it is a win. I just, I had to chime that in because we needed a win and I think it's amazing. And I know some people are probably a little nervous, but having taken the pills, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure it'll come with the same guidelines that Planned Parenthood sent me home with. They were like, look out for these. These are totally normal. Call a doctor here, do this thing there. And as long as we can maintain that you have a safe space to go, if something does become a complication, I think 95 to 99% of the abortion pills through the mail are going to be just fine. And it's going to be a much better system than trying to fly out of the state of Texas or drive 300 miles. For sure. Those are really reassuring words, um, especially coming from somebody who has already had an abortion. Um, Too often people are like, oh, it's gonna, it's a big deal. And really, you know, that these are really safe and effective pills. Um, Yeah, you're gonna get a little bit sick, but no, it's, it's not like the worst thing in the world and everything's but they're like super effective and um they're really safe um so yeah i got you so i was up to eight weeks pregnant like i said i didn't really know but it was 94 to 98 percent effective with the pills yeah that's especially if you catch it in time it's nothing to worry about yeah it's nothing to worry about um yeah what else would you want to tell somebody who's wanting to seek an abortion find someone supportive yeah so I had my partner and he was there the whole time he was even there when I took the second pill and I was um for lack of a better term sick out of both ends and like I said we've been together a few months and I was mortified and he was like you're literally going through something right now stop being embarrassed about (laughs) what's happening um but I feel a support system both before and after to have someone to talk to is very important and 
the crisis centers say they provide help for you know someone who's had a miscarriage or an abortion or what have you I feel like the undertone of regret that they try to push on you and the shame that they try to show is monumentally impressive I mean I knew Catholic guilt was a thing I just didn't know they could give it to non-Catholics so that was new but um if you do the medication abortion definitely have a plan for when you get home have your heating pad have lots of water maybe some brass if you can handle it a really good movie comfy blanket all that jazz um because it's not meant to be traumatizing um it might be for some people but the main purpose is to get you to the place that you need to be whether that's for your emotional health your physical health or your financial health like it's just like any other medical procedure there's going to be twists and turns but at the end you should be better because of it yeah for sure and it's safe to say you don't have you don't regret having your abortion at all right no not for a second no me either um awesome (laughs) good yay um All right, so that was our episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concern, please email me at reprosforiowa at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I also have a Patreon set up. Um, Yeah, that was our interview. I will see you all next Saturday.